We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. Welcome to News Today with Dr. June Knight as your host on WITB. This is a WATB disclaimer. Good evening, Brian. Good evening. I know I'm doing the news late tonight, but we've got a lot to cover tonight, Brad. I'm going to tell you something. This thing that's happening in the world is heating up. It is escalating. And things are now beginning to happen at a very fast pace. And I know for our ministry, we are the Bride Ministries, we are getting ready to go into a two-week fast because we feel in the atmosphere there's a shift, okay, of a demonic sort. And... I've been reporting lately how the globe is coming together. I've been doing it on various reports of us merging with Mexico, talking about us uh, partnering with the UN, agreeing to come under international law, and all the other stuff, okay? And there's a lot of stuff, Bride, that uh, you send me that I, I refuse to show you. And the reason that is is because I understand that there is an agenda out there uh, to pull people off into this uh, image, this false image that they are trying to portray right now. I refuse to participate in it. And I'm telling you something, Brad, it is vital that you watch those videos I did about logos and the image of the beast, because I am seeing a pattern, Brad. They are showing the uh, UN blue in their logos like crazy now. I see it everywhere. And when I see it, I refuse to share it because I know that they're part of the big picture. And there's a lot of 
things hitting the church right now to take them off into a place they should not be. So um, one of them, I'm going to give you an example. I've already showed you this, so this is nothing new. When you look at this website, now the end begins. We have already talked about their logo. So don't send me anything from this these people. Okay, see the UN blue? I And we've already talked about their logo. They may have all this stuff on there that looks like they're really exposed and everything. You tell me why they have these two Israeli pictures here, why they have the circle here, why they have the broken part there, why they have the UN blue there. Just because they act like they're really busting something out does not make them legit. So I refuse to share, even though they act like they've got cool stuff on there right now. I'm just telling you, you cannot believe every source. You've got to be careful, Brian, because a lot of these people, I've already told you about Natural News, Mike Adams, all of them. And how they try to act like they're uh, trying to help you, but they're really working with the other side. So I don't know any other way to say it except to just be honest like that. And so what what I produce out here, I'm, you know, very careful about the sources that I show you. Okay, because I'm not saying they're all 100% legit. But I'm trying my best to keep it in a good uh, vein of sources. You know, now, y'all know that I have a master's degree in corporate communications. I understand giving you legit sources. Okay, so let's go ahead and guess. I just wanted to throw that in there because I know y'all send me stuff and there's a lot of that. Um, I will not even you know, uh, entertain or show anybody I care about their stuff. Okay, well, let's start here. We've got Jerry Kushner. Now, we talked the other day about what's happening with the UN and what's happening with the State Department declaring in front of all the other countries that our country is with them 100% in this new world. Okay, now we know that when President Trump partnered with this Abraham Accord, this is the final seal. This is the final nail on the coffin. What put us into tribulation. This was the final piece of biblical prophecy that needed to take place in order for us to go to the next level in biblical prophecy. Well, we also know a lot about Jerry Kushner. Okay, Jerry Kushner is the son-in-law of President Trump. He is the one that is an Orthodox Jew. He's the one that is married to Ivanka, who renounced her Christianity, which, you know, was Catholic, but she renounced her Christianity and went over to this false religion and now where's the Kabbalah bracelet 
there's so much to this. He's the one that owned that 666 Fifth Avenue building in New York City, in which one time President Trump uh, wanted to purchase long before uh, Jerry came along. We also know that when President Trump took over back in 2017, that he gave positions uh, for the first time that our country's ever had this, uh, that he brought in his family, which should be, this should have told us something's not right about President Trump because he brought his family in, which is a um, conflict of interest. And he brought them all in, gave them top access and had them travel to different countries and speak to them on behalf of the United States. This is not the way our constitution and the way our country means for us to deal with international business. We have a protocol and our protocol is to go through the secretary of state. That's the proper protocol or our ambassadors that we have over different countries. There are people, military generals that, you know, senators, uh, people that are properly vetted, properly put into position, whether it's an appointed position, whether it's a voted in position uh, or whatever. But Jared and Ivanka, was put in by Trump himself without going through any of those other procedures. And then they were allowed to go to these foreign countries and speak to them on our behalf and make decisions on behalf of the country. That is what you're looking at right here. This is Jerry Kushner. So there is a lot of people out there that really to this day believe that he is the Antichrist. Okay. Uh, I am not convinced of this, but I think he may be, you know, a helper or whatever. But now we know, okay, Jared and Ivanka left the White House, which we heard how many millions they made there. But now we find out that he founds the Abraham Accords Institute. He is finding is the founder of an organization called the Abraham Accords Institute for Peace. Now we know, yes, he is very creepy. I agree. He looks very feminine, which makes a lot of people question if he is transgender you know, uh, type of deal. But anyway, uh, so Jerry Kushner is the one who basically put the peace deal together. Now look at this sentence right here, Brad, that says he worked on deepening the normalization. Now, remember I told you, Brad, that normalization is the merging. Okay. So we're not going to get into this too deep, but I just want you to know that he did launch this Peace Institute. Oh, that was another thing I was going to tell you. A lot of people sent me all this stuff on what's happening over in Israel and 
and the bombing that's taking place over there and all that different stuff. Well, you know, Bride, how I feel about what's happening over there, how I feel about everything as a global picture. I believe what they're doing over there is a facade. And what I mean is they are the leaders of everything. So what they're doing, we all know too, Brad, there's whenever this COVID started, they had to, with the UN, sign an agreement that they will not go to war with each other. So to me, whenever they're doing all these shenanigans, to me, it's just a distraction to keep people stirred up of what's happening over there instead of looking at we're actually merging. You know, in other words, the news is in the wrong place. The news should be we're lost. We've lost our sovereignty. You know, the news should be we have merged with the UN. But see, what I think they're doing with all that is to keep everybody stirred up. So I'm not going to participate in that. Okay, so let's go on to the next deal. The federal government is telling Facebook to silence those with the V safety concerns, says the lawsuit. Now, somebody told me that Facebook was going to stop on May the 14th uh, on people being able to talk about their side effects of the V. And there's a lot of push out there. I showed you on a broadcast how. These various sources are trying to get people to get off of Facebook. I believe, Brad, and this is just something I'm catching on to, but they're actually trying to get people to uh, pull away from the mainstream social media. So they're demonizing it. And I believe it's to set everybody up. I'm talking about the conservatives. The liberals don't care about all this stuff. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. The liberals don't care about the stuff that the conservatives and Christians do, you know. So, um, uh, so I believe what they're doing is they're setting everybody up for this new social media that's coming, which I've already told you, Brad, is going to include. Uh, the Bitcoin is going to include crypto. It's going to include AI. In other words, Brad, and I'm going to show you a document on this broadcast today that my theory was right. Y'all need to trust old Mama June. Hadn't you learned by now? <laughs> my theories are all turning out right. Praise God. But anyway, my theory of the Build Back Better Okay, is several things. Build back better of the body. Check, proven that today. Build back better of the church. I've already proven that one. Build back better of the government. Already proven that one. So, there also, this one has not been proven yet, but this is my theory is that they are wanting to build back better on the internet. So, 
I, I can prove a little bit of it today, but this is where I think they're going. So I think they're trying to demonize the current archaic social media because look how they've done religion. They have antiquated Christianity through this new episode reformation. They have demonized Christianity. They have put Christianity down. They have partnered with Hollywood. They have partnered with everybody and they have run us into a muck, you know? And so they have reformed Christianity. So now they've got this lackadaisical uh, new age Jesus out there that everybody likes. Okay, it's a non-convicting Jesus. All right, now, now uh, with the government, we have the same thing happening. The government is dismantling. The old system of things is dismantling. Everything is being disrupted. Okay, think about what's happening. All the disruptions that are happening is so they can build back better. So they're going to disrupt the body, disrupt social media, disrupt the government, disrupt the church, and disrupt your money. Now they're disrupting the gas. Why do you think they're disrupting the gas? Because they want to get rid of machines. Remember, I've already told you that. They are going to all electric. So order out of chaos, creating all of the disruptions themselves, so that they can bring in what they want. For instance, Texas. Think about what happened to Texas. Texas had a freeze come out of nowhere. Everybody knows that was made up. They had a freeze come out of nowhere. And then what happened? Now, all of a sudden, they've got all this money and they're doing all this stuff with this new energy technology that all comes from Israel, which their governor just got back from Israel, you know, before all that stuff happened. You just can't make all this stuff up, how it's all coming together. So, this is the way I see it, okay? This Build Back Better deal is bigger than we think. I think it's a disruption of everything we know. Okay, so that is what I think is happening right here in social media. So let's move forward here. Okay, this is part of the Great Reset. Digital citizenship required to use the internet. What? You mean you're actually going to change the internet too? What in the world? You're changing everything. Nine elements of digital citizenship. Oh, wait a minute. What was that broadcast I showed the other day where they kicked me off? Wasn't it the video that they talked about the new digital citizen? The new global citizen? Yes. So here's the nine elements, digital access, full electronic participation in society, digital commerce, digital communication, digital literacy, 
digital etiquette, digital law, digital rights and responsibilities, digital health and wellness, digital security. The World Economic Forum recently ran a live stream with Interpol, Cloudflare, and a cybersecurity firm to discuss the upcoming cyber pandemic agenda. Well, what is happening right now? What in the world is going on with all the gas and everything? It's a cyber attack which many believe will be their next step to justify creating a digital citizenship to be able to even use the internet. First of all, Brad, let me tell you something. Okay. I've already told you they're getting rid of the gas because they want everything electric. I told you why they want everything electric. Because gas gives us freedom. With gas, we're able to be, uh, you know, go out in transportation and go drive and do what we want. And we're able to have gas and, you know, uh, we're able to be a lot more freer with gas. Okay, when they get all electric, we are going to have to depend upon them for everything to have heat and maybe if we don't follow their rules they can cut our lights off oh they can't do that dr jim oh yes they can if they've got a smart meter out there they can most certainly control your heat they can control everything your internet access everything plus plus monitor you so one of the reasons of them uh, wanting everything to go digital is because they want, I've already talked to you, Brad, about a digital twin. Remember that? You will have an identity in the, you know, once they get your DNA and stuff, you'll have an identity in the cyber world. And so, uh, Everything about you, they want digital. They want you to go through the beast in order to do everything. Think about it. Let's say I had a boyfriend. All right. And we're in this new digital world. I'm going to have to express my feelings through this digital machine. And this digital machine doesn't want you to have any affection. It wants everything done through it. So the beast wants everything, uh, wants to be a part of everything. Remember, Brad, that sermon I did? I keep going back to that sermon of I-C-U, E-Y-E, I-C-U. While I was preaching that sermon, I was in Georgia. The Lord told me in the middle of my sermon, he told me this. He said, the reason that Satan is moving forward with all this technology is because that is his eyes. See, Satan does not have eyes like God does. God has eyes that see everything. 
God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and can see everything. Satan cannot. But if he has technology everywhere, he can see everything. And that is what he wants. Yep, just like that movie Demolition Man, it is exactly like that. He wants his eyes everywhere because he will be able to follow you and you will, he will be your God because you will, in this world that they're creating, I'm saying, okay, you'll be able to say, turn the lights on. How do I do this? Make me an appointment. Open the door. Drive me to the doctor. Uh, Call Joe. Call Jane. Do this. Do that. Everything. And then people will get to the point where they will depend and have their reliance and have their trust into the AI beast. They will not be able to even think anymore because AI will be making all their decisions in the very near future. Because what they're doing, you'll see through this broadcast today, is they are messing with the brain. So they want to see the beast I'm talking about, wants to see on the inside of you as well as on the outside of you. You are a commodity. You are a machine. This is what transhumanism is, just like this picture right here. You are a machine. You are an internet. Remember, I've been teaching you all this. Internet of things. Internet of bodies. Internet of thoughts. Internet of everything. Okay, so let's go back to the article. Their next step to justify creating a digital citizenship to be able to even use the internet. Cloudfares, COO, who is advisor on digital identity citizenship for internet users. You want to associate everything you do on the internet with a digital ID. Here is Cloudfares COO Michelle Zatlin casually talking about 100% security, which will be used to block anyone in this cancel culture that they disagree with. This is the problem with the left. They always need to control everyone else to make the world the way they see it. Well, I don't know about, I disagree with them on this statement. Because it's the left and the right. And then he says here, there is never any respect for human rights. They reject the very idea of the United States Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, that we were all created equal. What a farce. This road they always go down has been attempted so many times. Lenin ignored culture and humanity and tried to make everyone the same. Well, somebody tell, who is this author? Patrick Wood. Somebody needs to tell him. Somebody needs to tell, he may already know that they're all the same. 
They're all working together. All right, let's go to the next article. Oh, here it is. Look at this. Look at this. This is the official document from the World Economic Forum. This is called The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. He is the president of the World Economic Forum, and he wrote this book. So I have his book. It says here on page 164, the book is called The Great Reset, which was released in 2020. Okay. It says here, psychologists tell us that cognitive closure often calls for black and white thinking and simplistic solutions, a terrain perpetuous for conspiracy theories and the propagation of rumors, fake news, mistruths, and the pernicious ideas and other pernicious ideas. Now, what he's talking about, Brad, is what happens when the Great Reset happens. He's talking about the fallout of COVID, okay? You can see right here on the chapter, let's see. Redefining our humanness, the better angels in our nature or not. He's talking about the side effects of COVID and what happened, uh, what happens to society in the middle of COVID-19. Okay, in such a context, we look for leadership, authority, and clarity, meaning that the question as to whom we trust within our immediate community and among our leaders becomes critical. In consequence, so too does the countervailing issue of whom we distrust. In conditions of stress, the appeal of cohesion and unity increases which leads us to coalesce around our clan or our group and to generally become more sociable within it, but not behind it. All right, listen to this. It seems only natural that our sense of vulnerability and fragility increases, as does our dependence on those around us as for a baby or a frail person. Our attachment to those close to us strengthens with a renewed sense of appreciation for all those we love, family and friends. Now that's true. I have really enjoyed my family more through all this. I have appreciated my family. I have been to see all them. You know what I mean? Uh, It did draw me closer to my family. That's true. Except some of them because of Trump disowned me. So uh, that's a really sad thing. But anyway. But there is a darker side to this. It also triggers a rise in patriotic and nationalist sentiments with troubling religious and ethnic considerations also coming in the picture. In the end, this toxic mix gets the worst of us as a social group. So what do you think about that? So the religious makes us toxic. According to this World Economic Forum document. All right, let me go to this uh, other page, page 175. Let me scroll down. Let me change this. 175.
All right. Domestic violence has risen during the pandemic. It remains difficult to measure the precise increase because of the high number of cases that remain unreported. But it is nonetheless clear that the rise in incidents was fueled by a combination of anxiety and economic uncertainty. With the lockdowns, all the requisite ingredients for an increase in domestic violence coalesced. Isolation from friends, family, and employment, the occasion for constant surveillance by and physical proximity to an abusive partner, often themselves under more stress, and limited or no options for escape. Now listen, I've been telling people, if you are living in an abusive relationship, you better get out. You better get out because it will get worse. People in these lockdown situations go crazy. And we already know of some terrible tragedies that's already happened because of this. But I want you to hear, Brad, what the World Economic Forum, what their statistics are about domestic violence. So if you've got family members or friends in this, you need to tell them. All right, listen to this. It is nonetheless clear that the rise in incidences were fueled by a combination of anxiety and economic uncertainty. And y'all know money plays a huge part in domestic violence. When people get stressed over money, they get crazy. So much less the way everything is going now, plus more. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, so with the lockdowns, all the requisite ingredients for an increase in domestic violence coalesce. Isolation from friends, family, and employment. The occasion for constant surveillance by and physical proximity to an abusive partner, often themselves under more stress, and limited or no options for escape. The conditions of lockdown magnified existing abusive behaviors, leaving little or no respite for victims. And their children outside of the home. Projections from the United Nations Population Fund indicate that if domestic violence increases by 20% during periods of lockdown, there would be an additional, listen to this, Brad, 15 million cases of intimate partner violence in 2020 for an average lockdown duration of just three months. 31 million cases for an average lockdown of six months. 45 million for an average lockdown of nine months and 61 million if the average lockdown period were to last one year. You tell me that is not frightening and not shocking. But you never know people until they get under pressure. You get them under pressure when they have no money or when they're suffering. 
Instead of them trusting God, they take it out on the ones closest to them. Yes, I agree, Louise. All violence has went up. Yes, that's true, Beth. We're not meant to be locked down. That's true. These are global projections, Bride. Global projections, inclusive of all 193 UN member states and represents the high levels of underreporting characteristic of gender-based violence. All told, they total an additional 15 million cases of gender-based violence for every three months a lockdown continues. It is hard to predict how domestic violence will evolve in the post-pandemic era. Conditions of hardship will make it more likely, but much will depend on how individual countries control the two pathways through which domestic violence occurs. Number one, it occurs through the reduction in prevention and protection efforts, social services, and care. Number two, the concomitant increase in the incidence of violence. So I want you to think about all this, Brad. Okay, let's go to the next deal. This is in ABC News. Oregon Church closes. Uh, COVID-19 outbreak infected 74. So look at this. It says Oregon Church won't close after COVID-19 outbreak infected 74 of their members, Pastor says. Oregon health officials have launched an investigation into the outbreak. So, uh, are they going to start blaming churches now? I mean, they're saying 74 members there, but how do they know they all got them at the church? How do they know they didn't get them at the grocery store or some other place they was at? Do you know what I'm saying? All right, let's continue here. More than 150 million Americans have received at least one COVID vaccine. Man. Pfizer is asking for full approval of its vaccine. Oh, right. Do you know what that means? Let me click on this. Oh, boy. We better not hope they get approval for that. The race of vaccine moves ahead as states finalize reopening plans. Let's see if it, what's happening with this. You know what that means, Brad. Oh, that is so sad, Brandy says. Remember my father-in-law took the V a while ago. He's in the ICU with five uh, blood clots in his stomach. Oh, that's so sad. Lord, we pray you heal him. Okay, looky here. It says, uh, let's see what they're doing here. 
Pfizer and BioNTech asked the FDA for full approval five days ago. <gasps> no way, Brad. We've got to pray they don't get approved. You know what that means if they do. That's it. You know, Brad. You know. If granted, they'd be the first one in the U.S. to be approved. Pfizer and BioNTech asked the Food and Drug Administration Friday for full approval of the company's vaccine. If approved, it'd be the first vaccine to hold distinction. The vaccine was the first to be granted in emergency use. Oh, man, Brad. A biologics license application needed for a full approval of a drug or vaccine requires six months of data. We are proud of the tremendous progress we've made since December. We look forward to working with the FDA. Full approval may also make vast feed. That's it. That's what I'm telling you right there, Brian. If they get the full approval, get ready for it to be mandatory. Get ready. That's all they need, Brad. That's all they need to be mandatory is to get it. Because look right here. It says full approved. Because I remember the general of the army telling the one that's over Operation Warp Speed. I was at that, not at that, but I was covering the press conference where they asked him, is this going to be mandatory? He said, not until it becomes a full approval. So here we go. And we this may be the shift that we're feeling, Brad, because we already know. We already know. They are going door to door in many states already. So could this be what's going to happen before January 4th? I mean, July 4th. That's the date that they're wanting all of this to be over with or when they're saying that the next phase is going to happen. They're wanting to put all this behind them so they can move on with the next phase, which is the collapse, which is the great reset. But they cannot let everything collapse. This is just my theory. They cannot let it collapse until they get everybody a jab. They've got to get that in first. And then they can go the next thing and move on to the digital money, which we know is the final phase of the MOTB. So let's go back to this article. Full approval may also make vaccine mandates a little more feasible. Said John Gravenstein, a former, which sounds Jewish, Let's check out if this guy is Jewish. That sounds Jewish. President of the vaccine, globally recognized vaccinologist, pharmacist, epidemiologist. He's written over 300 articles, 11 books, topics of immunization. Okay, let's check this guy out. Let's check this guy out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Let's see here. Where is his bio? <laughs> where, oh, where is his bio today? We want to see if he is Jewish. We've searched the world over and found it on LinkedIn. <laughs> 
All right, let's see here. He's the president of Vaccine Dynamics in Maryland. So he's right up there in Washington, D.C., huh? Let's check this guy out. Okay, Maryland, Minneapolis. Merck vaccines, huh? U.S. Army pharmacist. He was a colonel in the Army. Directed the Military Vaccine Agency, where he organized Immunization University to train clinicians from many health disciplines. Uh-huh. Let's find out more about this guy. Road trip, side track, side trail. Dosk University Bachelor of Science. Where is that? What country? Where is Sounds Middle East? Where is this? Dosk you one of the first comprehensive Catholic. Uh-huh. Let's say private college university found the bluff of downtown Pennsylvania. Catholic College by the order of the Holy Spirit. Dosk is one of the largest, most comprehensive. Catholic University, Spiritan, so is he a Jesuit? Hmm, he may be a Jesuit. <laughs> Y'all love it when I go on these side trails, don't you? Alright, let's check him out here. We may have us a Jesuit on our hands. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that last name gave it away. While I'm doing this, if there's somebody out there that can research, let me know. Public Health Pharmacist, Royal Society for Promotion of Health, Chair of the Board of Directors, Pharmacy, Chesapeake Bay Maritime Museum. Endorsed by... Barry Garfinkel, National Science Advisory Board for Biosecurity. Uh-huh, biosecurity, huh? Let's check this out from the National Institute of Health. Is a federal advisory committee chartered to provide advice, guidance, and leadership regarding biosecurity oversight of dual-use research to all federal departments and agencies with an interest in life science research. Biological research and related issues. Uh-huh. So we're talking surveillance here, huh? Co-chair of the COVID-19 vaccine analysis team. COVID, huh? So he provides expert advice, huh? Let's check out his honor awards. That'll tell us too. Remington Honor Medal, Lifetime Achievement Award, National Lecture Award, Sustained Contributions to Literature and Pharmacy Practice, Mentor Gloria Neymar Frank. Hmm, what is this one?
Oh, that's her. Hmm. Give me a minute, Brad. <laughs> All right, let's check out this woman. She's from Indiana. Okay. All right. All right. Married to Donald Frank, who founded Drug Intelligence. Hmm, drug intelligence. Why would you name something drug intelligence? It sounds like, uh-huh, biodata. Tell me, Brian. <laughs> They're all connected. <laughs> all right, let's go back to our article. I still think he is. Somebody look him up. <laughs> Let me know. Uh, thank you, Donna. <laughs> Donna said I'm good at doing research. I can. I can research like there's no tomorrow. I I'm, I guarantee I'll find it. If I took the time, I would find it because that name gives it away. All right, let's continue here. If the FDA signs off, Pfizer will be able to market the vaccine. Full approval may also make them make vaccine mandates a little more feasible. And we'll know in several weeks, I have right before June the July the fourth. Does mandate mean that it's a law or does it have to become a law first? I know in some states it mandate, but people weren't saying it was a law. Well, you got to remember, sis, too, they have done away with all regulations because we're in a national emergency. So, you know, having to go through any type of chain is out the door. All right, let's move over here. I want to show y'all something, Brad. Okay, remember I was showing you about Boston Dynamics, and I've been showing you how they're trying to make these robots look all cool. Now, these robots they created to be uh, for the military. So let me just show you something right here in the beginning. Did you know that the average adult has 5 to 20 pounds of toxic poop in their body at any given moment? Sorry, Brad. It's crazy, right? Reason why Boston Dynamics robots dance. It's not just to demonstrate their impressive abilities, which are a huge leap forward from earlier robots. And it's about more than racking up millions of views on YouTube. Robotic workforces have helped make Musk and Bezos the richest men in the world. 
while also taking over jobs that used to be done by humans. Could tools like artificial intelligence make a billion human jobs obsolete by 2030, as one report warns? Or will they work alongside us? Musk recently made a stark prediction that AI will become vastly more intelligent than humans within the next five years. Mm -hmm. Is that possible? You're watching Digital Engine. When you order from Amazon, your package will likely be handled by one of 200,000 robots. You believe that? Work alongside 300,000 humans. But within the year, that human staff may be outnumbered. Amazon's bots have driven over 2 million miles in its warehouses, cut mistakes in half, and increased the productivity of workers by 400%. Although, according to human rights reporting, Amazon's working conditions for its human employees still leave much to be desired. The company has also spent a billion dollars on self-driving car company Zooks. These cars have no steering wheel and can drive both forward and backward. What? No need to turn around. And Amazon Scout delivery box. I had no idea that existed. Did you, Zook? We're going to have to go down this road. Let's check this out. Let's go over here. A Zook car? Never heard of this. Zook car. Fully autonomous, all electric, and built for riders, not drivers. This is Zooks. Oh, it's an Amazon Zooks. Ah, let's check this out a minute. As soon as 5G come out, huh? Good morning. Welcome to a very special day. I'm Aisha Evans, CEO at Zooks. And I'm Jesse Levinson, CTO and co-founder of Zooks. We started the company six years ago to create a cleaner, safer, and more enjoyable way for people to move around cities. And we're really excited six to Six years ago? Today. At Zooks, from the beginning, we set out to reinvent personal transportation, making it cleaner, safer and more wow. everyone. And today we are announcing and showing that vehicle. We've been working on it for over six years now and it is the first vehicle that's been designed from the ground up to move people autonomously around cities. It's bi-directional, it's symmetrical, it's fully electric and it's fully autonomous. You can't drive it, there's no steering wheel. It's designed for riders, not for drivers. cameras all around it. Just like a bus, look. Oops. 
definitely what they've done okay so the reason that i showed you that bride is because they are preparing everybody for this new world this is what i'm talking about going to electric they want people to depend upon ai ai is going to be the boss this bride is what they mean by uh this new world that's coming this new circular economy you will own nothing and you'll be happy about it they say you will own nothing and you will love it you won't own there will not be any cars anymore you will have they want you to depend upon them public transportation uh electricity everything will be done by the global governance basically okay all right so i want to show y'all something though right over here now this is what i want to show you watch this Boston Dynamics robots were initially designed for military use until the upheaval in the drone industry as employee invents indestructible drone. This drone can give you all the unique videos and pictures you want for your travel videos. Who acquired the company in 2013. It will be hard to prevent this kind of technology from being weaponized. The market for military robots is already quickly growing into the billions of dollars. The immediate military threat is airborne. These swarm drones can autonomously hunt targets, and there's currently no defense against them. Pause. Pause. Did you catch on to what she said? There will be no defense against them, Brad. This is why I was telling you, they don't care about them country boys and saying they want a militia. They don't care about all that. This is why it is such a farce about President Trump. Him trying to act like he's going to make America great again and go back to the way the world was. That world is gone. That world is gone. This world right here, there will be no need for guns. Do y'all hear? I mean, can you imagine? what kind of world this is 
There, there will be no need for guns. Everything is going to be under the beast eyeball. Everything is going to be monitored. Everybody will be transparent. Of course, everybody will be a walking internet ball. Everybody will be um, in a glass box, in other words. So, this is the world that's coming. So, all the mother people listening to Q and all this stuff, they are in for a very rude awakening, unfortunately. This is why, as well, Bride, this new world that they're making right here, this is why they want to get rid of extremists because they know that the Christians that believe in the Bible, in the real Bible, not the one they're changing online now. Y'all do know this, right? You better have you a printed copy and you better make sure it's a King James. You need to have a printed Bible, Brad, because they are changing the word of God. And, but anyways, uh, so they know that the ones that believe in the Bible and believe in the word of God and they believe in holiness and they believe in the biblical scriptures about the end of times and they understand about perversion. They understand the heart of God. They understand that God does not mix. He, he does not. He's not a new age Jesus. That, that Jesus is a farce. So this world understands that these kind of people that stick to their Jesus, they got to go because they're not going to mold into this new world. God will not let them. So these people are going to not participate in this agenda and they know it. Okay, so I wanted to show you this, Brad. All right, let's go to the next thing. Okay, shock. Canadian government openly embraces transhumanism. Now, there's something I want you to see about one eyeball being different than the other. Who was that they, we was watching the other day and we kept saying, ooh, his eyeball is creeping us out. <laughs> remember that, Brian? I won't even say his name either, but remember there's a few people we've watched that one of their eyeballs, <laughs> one of their eyeballs was not working right. And I will tell you this is as well, Brad. They were very dark eyes. Okay, I'll leave it at that. All right, so let's see what they say here. In the coming years, bio-digital technologies could be woven into our lives in the way that digital technologies are now. Biological and digital systems are converging and could change the way we work, live, and even evolve as a species. More than a technological change, this bio-digital convergence may transform the way we understand ourselves and cause us to redefine 
what we consider human or natural. Biodigital convergence may profoundly impact our economy, our ecosystems, and our society. Being prepared to support it while managing its risk with care and sensitivity will shape the way we navigate social and ethical considerations, as well as guide policy and governance conversations. Guided by its mandate, Policy Horizons Canada, Policy Horizons, intends to start an informed and meaningful dialogue about plausible futures for biodigital convergence and the policy questions that may arise. In this initial paper, we define and explore biodigital convergence, why it is that may arise. So in other words, Brad, everything is coming down the pike, okay? Technology is too far advanced to go back. The old America will never return again. President Trump opened up the the matrix, and that's the best way. I may do an article. President Trump opened up the matrix, and he did because, remember, he's the one that put in the five, you know what, all over the entire world. He is the one that made the way for the autonomous vehicles. And don't forget, Brad, that I told you about Israel is doing the first autonomous city. That is what they announced at the uh, technology governance conference that we was a part of. So they're always the first, though, in technology. So that ought to tell you something. Okay, so here we go. Uh, This is according to the World Economic Forum. Oh, look at there, Global Technology Governance Summit. Yes, that's where I was. All right. Our brains. Look at this. What is optogenetics? Our brains are made up of billions of cells called neurons, and those neurons communicate with each other through neural circuits. Optogenetics allows us for the first time. Now, this is the World Economic Forum, Brad. This is who is involved with the beast. This is the beast. This is the brain of the beast. Remember my drawing of the beast where I showed you what everything is? This is the brain of it. Okay? So, Uh, If you imagine the brain as this city, up until now, we have been looking at it as if from space, explains I Han Chow, senior editor, nature. We haven't had the tools to do anything beyond seeing what the whole city block is doing. What you actually want to know is what the individual components of the city are, what the people are doing, and what's the information being transported from one part of the city to the other. So let's watch this little video and check this out. I hope to pique your curiosity with a vision to the future of how we might enhance brain function as we know it and possibly change our sense of self. 
if you imagine the brain as the city, up till now, it's been as if we've been looking at the city from space. We really haven't had the tools to do anything beyond seeing what whole city blocks are doing. So you can see what happens if there's blackout and, and you lose a whole part of the city. What you actually want to know is what the individual components of the city, what the people are doing, and what's the information that's being transported from one part of the city to the other. Optogenetics is the ability to manipulate individual neuronal circuits, refining our vision of the function of individual circuits and how they relate to different aspects of our behavior and of our personality. I'm going to give you a few examples of what's been done with this technology so far. The basal ganglia is a part of your brain that is damaged in Parkinson's disease. This part of the brain contains many kinds of neurons and they're all intermingled. If you activate a certain subset of them with optogenetics, you can make a rat freeze up and have difficulty walking. If you activate a different subset, the rats start moving faster. Are you hearing they this? light sensitive proteins from very humble species, such as algae that you find in a pond, and you put them into another animal, such as a rat or a mouse. In this sad. the ability to control the activity of the brain cells just by shining light on them. So in that are you catching on to this? Everybody needs to pay attention to this. They are mixing species. I've been showing you this, Brian, uh, through many different broadcasts that I've showed you. How they are mixing humans and with animals and all kinds of terrible things, which we know is all ungodly. This is an abomination, okay? which all goes back as well to CRISPR, okay? But anyways, notice what she says about shining the light. She's also going to talk about a frequency that can make a difference in the cells. Now, what was that show that I showed you the other day where they said it was some guy that was promoting, I can't remember who it was, was promoting... Uh, frequency doing frequencies over your body for health and i said something about this is creeping me out i don't trust them uh shooting frequencies over me do y'all remember who that was or what that was it was some show i did in the past couple of days uh but anyways this right here looking at this now uh lets me know that my feeling about what that guy was offering was right don't bride don't buy this stuff that they're selling uh where they're saying that you can do frequencies and all this stuff for healing don't don't i just recommend don't do it okay i'm not a doctor okay i'm just telling you that the way technology is now they can do a lot with that type of uh, technology now. It was Beamer. That was the name of it, Denise, Beamer. All right, well, let's continue listening to her. Okay. Imagine if we could use optogenetics or similar technology to get the input from an artificial sensor into our brain. In principle, we could not only restore function, we could enhance our current functions. 
So we could give ourselves ultraviolet light detectors, for example, the way mantis shrimps have. Or we could take an example from fruit flies and give ourselves carbon dioxide detectors, and then we could automatically sense our air quality. When things go wrong with the brain, it's just so devastating. I think one of the hopes for optogenetics is that if it can work in humans, that it might be used as a tool for restoring brain function. There's a lot of ethical issues about enhancing your function and making yourself better. This is what actually the whole discussion after my ideas lab morphed into, which was not about optogenetics or not what we might do, but whether we should do it. So that's a, that's a really great point. So would there be a side effect to increasing your capacity by 20%? It's really, really fun to fantasize about the future. You know, in 10 years' time, we, we might all be enhanced with, with implants. That's the future, and it's a future that should be very carefully considered. And, and I think what we have right now, um, which is just the possibility of learning, is actually exciting enough on its own. There you go. Optogenetics is the ability to manipulate individual neuronal circuits, refining our vision to the function of individual circuits and how they relate to different aspects of our behavior and personality, she explains. Now, we all know as well that Operation Warp Speed on the logo has neurons, uh, images on there. Okay, so let's see. So I want you to know they exist. Let's go to the next deal. Novavax says combo flu and COVID-19 vaccines showed promise in preclinical study. Check that out. Novavax announced Monday it saw promising results in a preclinic study of a test shot that combines the flu and the, and the COVID vaccine. What do y'all think about that? All right, this one's according to CNBC. Uh, who, the World Health Organization, classifies triple mutant COVID variant from India as global health risk. Uh, so there is a mutation happening in India. The World Health Organization officially said Monday it is reclassifying the highly contagious triple mutant COVID variant spreading in India as a variant of concern indicating that it's become a global health threat. Maria Van Kirkhove, the WHO's technical lead for COVID-19, said the agency will provide more details in its weekly situation report on the pandemic Tuesday, but added that the variant known as B1617 has been found in preliminary studies to spread more easily than the original virus. And there is some evidence that it may be able to evade some of the protections provided by vaccines. The shots, however, are still considered effective. Are you hearing this? They're saying that this mutation, that the vaccine may not even be good enough for it. And as such, 
We are classifying this as a variant of concern at the global level, she said in a press conference. Even though there is increased transmissibility demonstrated by, <coughs> excuse me, by some preliminary studies, we need much more information about this virus variant in the lineage of all its sublineages. So we need more sequencing, targeted sequencing to be done. All right, here's another one from the World Economic Forum. Three mRNA vaccines researchers are working on that are not COVID. Listen to this. COVID-19 has accelerated the way we research, develop, and transport vaccines. Now, scientists are trying to utilize these improvements to develop vaccines for other diseases, as two experts explained. These include the, a universal influenza vaccine, a malaria vaccine, and vaccines that target some forms of cancer. The world's first mRNA vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine from Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna, have made it in record time from the laboratory through successful clinical trials, regulatory approval, and into people's arms. The high efficiency of protection against severe disease, the safety seen in clinical trials, and the speed with which vaccines were designed are set to transform how we develop vaccines in the future. Once researchers have set up the mRNA manufacturing technology, they can potentially produce mRNA against any target. Yeah, because we know what it is. Those nanobots are building back better. All right, let's move on to the next one. Okay, let's listen to this one, Headlines with the Boys. Biden administration declares another state of emergency. Sunday, after the largest fuel pipeline. All right, hold up. The U.S. government issued emergency legislation on Sunday after the largest fuel pipeline in the United States was hit by a ransomware cyber attack. The Colonial Pipeline carries 2.5 million barrels a day. That's 45% of the East Coast's supply of diesel, gasoline, and jet fuel. It was completely knocked offline by a cyber criminal group on Friday and it's still working to restore service. The emergency status relaxes rules on fuel being transported by road. This means drivers in 18 states can work extra or more flexible hours when transporting gasoline, diesel, jet fuel, and other refined petroleum products. They are Alabama, Arkansas, the District of Columbia, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. Experts wow. say that fuel prices are likely to rise 2 to 3% on Monday, but the impact will be far worse if it goes on for much longer. 
Independent oil market analyst Gaurav Sharma told the BBC that there is a lot of fuel now stranded at refineries in Texas. Quote, unless they sort it out by Tuesday, they're in big trouble. The first areas to be impacted would be Atlanta and Tennessee. Then the domino effect goes up. Oh, Lord. Close quote. Sharma said Tennessee. that oil futures traders were now scrambling to meet demand at a time when the United States inventories are declining and demand, especially for vehicular fuels, is on the rise as consumers return to the roads and the U.S. economy attempts to shake off the effects of the pandemic. The temporary waiver issued by the Department of Transportation enables oil products to be shipped in tankers up to New York, but this would not be anywhere near enough to match the pipeline's capacity Sharma warned. Multiple sources have confirmed that the ransomware attack was caused by a cyber criminal group that calls itself Darkside. Darkside infiltrated the Colonial Pipeline's network on Thursday and took almost 100 gigabytes of data hostage. Can you believe they call something like that the dark side? You can't make this stuff up. What a farce. I'm looking at y'all over here on YouTube, and you're right. If you think about the repercussions of the gas industry going down, how that's going to affect every last thing, that could be a whole cause of famine. That could be the fall for the Great Reset coming. That could be the destruction of our country, no doubt. Okay, so let's look at what's happening here. States remains crippled by a cyber attack that's been called the worst of its kind in the US. The Colonial Pipeline ships more than two and a half million barrels of oil a day from the Gulf Coast to the East Coast, but it has been shut down since Friday. Today, emergency powers were invoked to try to avoid fuel shortages. President Biden says there is no evidence of Russian government involvement, but there are some signs that the attack originated in Russia. Oh, what a farce! Colonial pipeline tonight still not pumping fuel across America thanks to a cyber attack. Four days after online hackers infiltrated its systems, its pipeline is still shut down. A development serious enough to lead President Biden to speak out this evening. The Department of Energy is working directly with Colonial to get the pipelines back online and operating at full capacity as quickly and safely as possible. The FBI also is engaged to assess the, uh, and address this attack. Colonial's five and a half thousand mile pipeline carries nearly half of all the fuel for America's east coast. Wow. up to the northeast. Emergency powers have allowed tankers to carry more to avoid shortages, including at airports. What's called ransomware has become a profitable enterprise. The hackers behind this incident even licensing their software for others to use. They're thought to be based in Russia, but criminals rather than part of the government. The group call themselves Dark Side. Today, they put out a statement saying, we are apolitical and do not participate in geopolitics. Don't tie us to governments, they say. 
Our goal is to make money and not creating problems for society. It looks like they may be worried that this time things have gone too far. What they've done is they've taken some data, encrypted it, and they're holding it for ransom. And they're saying if they don't get paid, they're going to leak it on the internet. What? Likely, this company is going to be either needing to pay it off or getting some sort of help from the U.S. government. Because the longer this goes on, you can start to see supplies eventually, not this week, but soon, start to get a bit tight. And that's going to drive up energy prices. Oh, Lord. Colonials say they hope to restore systems by the end of the week. But this is not just about fuel supplies. Hospitals, police forces, even local councils in the UK have all in the past been hit by a ransomware threat that's still growing. Gordon Carrera, BBC News. Well, we can also see uh, so many things can happen because that happened, Brad. Think about it. I mean, this could be a cause for, you know, how to stop hackers from getting into your bank accounts. You know, everybody needs a chip so you can have everything inside your body with all the data inside your DNA. I mean, you can see so much coming. Okay, this is on Axios. It says the Biden administration says it's working with fuel pipeline operator Colonial Pipeline to try and restart operations after a ransomware attack took it offline. Why it matters. Friday night cyber attack is the most significant successful attack on energy infrastructure. Known to have occurred in the U.S., notes energy researcher Amy Myers Jaff, her Politico. The Department of Transportation's Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration issued a regional emergency declaration for 17 states and Washington, D.C. to keep fuel supply lines open. The big picture, Colonial Pipeline carries 45% of fuel supplies. Yeah, it, this is definitely part of their plan for sure. Some 5,500 miles of pipeline has been shut down in response to the attack. While gasoline and diesel prices are not expected to be impacted if pipeline operations resume in the next few days, fuel suppliers are becoming increasingly nervous about possible shortages, Bloomberg notes. Well, that is a fact. Because what I'm going to show you next is going to shock you. My son is in Atlanta. Let me show you some pictures he sent me today. And look what this guy wrote. He said, FYI, our gas does not come from the pipeline that was disrupted. Our gas is delivered primarily by Barge and the Pascaluga, Mississippi refinery. Just as with toilet paper last year, the only gas shortage that we will have will be from those panicking and creating supply issues by unnecessary draining the current supply of gas stations. So, Brian, let me tell you something. They are out of gas in Georgia. They have been running around like a mass panic there. And I've got some pictures to show you. But this picture right here is pretty interesting because it shows you 
the different gas infrastructure. You have this right here, and it kind of tells you who's in charge of the gas infrastructure. Look, Tennessee looks like it's left there by itself. But we are a part of the Northern Gas Pipeline, I guess, or whatever. Let me see how many of these there is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so there's twelve of them. So he is trying to warn everybody, don't panic. But here are some of the pictures that Brock sent me. Look, out of gas. Out. Look, this guy brought his whole tanker to be filled up look this thing looks like it'll hold a hundred gallons yeah people are getting they're filling up everything look at this these people brought all these gas cans to fill up to make sure they don't run out of gas look at this long line of people waiting to get into the gas station and look at this guy another one took about a hundred gallons it looks like yeah this is in georgia these are people that are going crazy so brock had to go around to 11 different gas stations and had to wait in a long, long line just to get up there to get him some gas. So, yeah, they're not panicking in my town right now, but once the word gets out, they probably will, you know? So look at this woman. This car is going to blow up because this gas is going to dissolve in the plastic. Look at this. Let me rewind this. Look at this woman. She's got a trash, a little bag, like a Walmart bag. Bride, remember I told you too that I believe that the door is shutting for people to be able to move. I believe the door is shutting, you know, uh, for people to be able to move and get around. Look at that poor woman putting that gas in the trash bag. And putting it in her car on top of that. Somebody, the funny thing is, is somebody's filming her. Yeah.
Okay, Immuban bracelet is a wearable vaccine passport. Let's check this out. Immuniband bracelet is a wearable vaccine passport. An enterprising company is selling a way for people to easily share their COVID-19 vaccine status, a $20 bracelet with a QR code that can be scanned to show their shot cards. Wear this bracelet to work, to restaurants, to let people know your commitment to overcoming this disease through your completion of the vaccine series, the company says on its website. The bracelet is also a symbol of your commitment to safety for yourself and for others. The company's president, Jay Tashoff Burnton, says a customer was allowed into a Knicks game at Madison Square Garden in New York by showing his bracelet and having an employee scan the code, Fox 5 San Diego reported. A sign at the venue reads, guests can now enter with proof of a negative antigen COVID-19 tests are full vaccination. Additionally, he says a lot of companies in the travel and hospitality industry are buying the bracelets for their employees, including a restaurant owner in Las Vegas. I mean, Los Angeles. So, all right, let's look at this one. The FDA authorizes the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine for children 12 to 15. 12 years old now. The FDA has authorized that for them, 12 years old. Fauci says that it might be time to relax the indoor mask requirements. On Sunday, Dr. Anthony Fauci said that federal guidance on indoor mask wearing might be modified sooner rather than later, CNN reports. When ABC News asked Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, if it was time to reconsider mask mandates for indoor activities, he said, I think so. And I think you're going to probably be seeing that as we go along and as more people get vaccinated. Fauci also noted that the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will continue to update its mask requirement guidance almost in real time as increasing numbers of Americans receive the vaccine. So... So much is changing right now, Brad. So much is changing. All right. Well, that's all I have for you tonight, Brad. That is all I have for you. I pray that all of y'all have a good night and... Um, our website will be ready, I think, tomorrow, the WATB.TV. And if you are good at web design and social media, I'm hiring. 
if you've thought about moving to Tennessee and you're good at that kind of stuff, uh, we're getting ready to post a job. So we would love to have you uh, come down here. We would love to have one of our own. Somebody that understands our ministry and understands what we do. Because uh, I'm looking for uh, maybe two positions. One for the news to help me with the news and another one for uh, social media. Social media positions. So if you've been thinking about uh, moving here, you know, to Tennessee, I would love to have you on board. So, uh, also, we are planning in the process of planning a uh, writing conference we're going to have in June because I'm not traveling now, which I believe is God now because of the um, the way that they're doing. They're getting ready for the Great Resets, what it is. But uh, we're going to be doing a writing conference where we will help people to write books or to learn how to write and so i will definitely do another session on logos okay so uh that's gonna be happening in june so i'm excited i've been wanting i've had a lot of people ask me because they want to write their book about their life so I've had a lot of people ask me, so we're going to go ahead and do that. Uh, our new secretary arrives this weekend. She's moving in from Oklahoma. And then I have a producer, television producer, that's moving here from uh, Minnesota in June. So the, the ministry's really growing. I really appreciate your support. And uh you know we're getting better as the days go forward our new website i think you're gonna like it uh things are getting more organized so i really appreciate brad uh we're all working you know hard to uh help you to be successful in these final days and so uh, I do want to make one other comment before I get off here. Yesterday, when I did the news about, was it yesterday because it was Saturday, I mean Sunday. Or no, today's Tuesday. Man, my days are, I'm losing my days. But anyway, when I did the show, it was yesterday. It was yesterday because I did the show about how they're merging with the UN. Brian, that pretty that devastated me. For it to do that show and to tell you that it's actually happened in our lifetime, we actually saw this take place. And then I tried to do the Bible study. Uh, I wasn't that good at it because my mind wasn't there. You know, I was still in shock and devastated over uh, the news that we had just learned. So I want you to forgive me for that. So tomorrow I'll try to do that Bible study and we'll redo it. Uh, because I didn't give it justice. My mind was too 
uh, messed up over what I've discovered with the State Department because a lot of people, they don't understand the big picture. They really don't, Brad. Because what that means to us is a death sentence. That's why in my spirit, I'm grieving. I'm grieving for you. I'm grieving for your family. I'm grieving for my family. It is, of course, good because we're this much closer to Jesus. Don't get me wrong. But to the church, it is a terrible thing. You know, it is a terrible. It is It is a terrible thing. I've been reporting anyway, you know, about... Um, you know, the persecution coming and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I guess yesterday just kind of really hit home really bad because it means we're just, it was a reality check of how close we are uh, to this being it. And what, and that to me, it was a shift. It was a literal shift of time. You know, it was a shift of, we're not going back. There is no make America great again. That is a farce. You know, this this thing has escalated to a point of no return, you know. But, I mean, it's all good that God let us know all this is coming. The Bible is the absolute truth. We love the Bible. We love the Word of God. And we trust it more than we do anything, right? So, of course, we're happy that we're going to be seeing Jesus very soon. You know, but the suffering that's going to take place between here and there is what I'm grieving about. So, I just, I want you to forgive me for that. You know, and then I I had some people write me, you look terrible. You look so, are you okay? You look so tired in that broadcast. It wasn't that I looked tired. It was that I was distraught. You know, I was, my mind wasn't there really. So I really just need to take that down. I'm going to delete it. (laughs) I am going to delete it. Because this, uh... It was just, it was a very traumatic day. I mean, it's it's not easy. I'm human. I'm a woman. I'm a grandma. I got a new grandbaby being born probably today or tomorrow. By the way, she still hasn't had it yet, but she is in the beginning stages of the, of the final labor bride. She went to see her midwife today, and the midwife's like, he, Grandma, I'm a mother, you know, and I I love my children. I love my grandchildren. I grieve about what we're all fixing to go through as humanity, you know, and what the church is about to go through. And, you know, so yesterday just kind of numbed me. It just kind of shocked me. I feel better, you know, a little bit today. But anyway, so I do need some more help, though. So I'm going to hire another 
a social media person and a news I need a news person so uh, we can take this to the next level and we are about to get our windows done on the front of the building I'm very excited it's gonna be really pretty and by the way Brad we are getting more activity now uh, we're getting to know our neighbors. We're getting out and about now, and we're we're getting involved. And uh, they've got a big festival going on this weekend, and I'm going to go. And after they get the windows put up on Saturday morning, I'm going to go to the festival and volunteer and serve my community. And so I'm excited about that. And you know, we're starting to. Uh, you know get more involved and one day i mean if we don't collapse tomorrow our dream was you know that we wanted to get a church we wanted to get a building and have the downtown facility that we're at right now would be the treehouse publishers building and then we are the bride ministries would be in a warehouse type of deal kind of like a big shopping center mall, like a Walmart deal. And we would be able to be more hands-on with the community and have a bigger television studio. That's, But, I mean, the way things are escalating and the way it's going to collapse, who knows where it's going. But if God opens the door, you know, we always occupy till he comes, Brad. We always keep going like god is in control of the timing and until he shuts that door to the ark we're going all the way we're going to keep preaching the gospel we're going to keep telling you the truth we're going to keep you aware of what you you know the bride needs to know so if god allows us to continue to go forward and expand the ministry we do want to have another building uh, an actual church, of course, we'd love it to be debt-free. We'd love to just get it and buy it. But we'd like to have a church where we can have uh, an area. When people come in, we'd like to set up prophets' quarters. I would. Where uh, I know another church that did that. They had two rooms set up for prophets when they come to town. Preachers, you know, that come to town, and they would... They could have a bedroom and they had a bedroom set up and, you know, had a community bathroom. I would like to do that because we have so many people come to town. We have people that come here from all over the country all the time, Brad. So, uh, you know, it would be nice to have a church where we can, you know, get out and start inviting the community. But I mean, we'll just have to see what God's going to do. We definitely cannot just hide in our bedrooms and die. <laughs> we still got a community to reach, you know. And, I mean, if they're getting ready to shut down social media, uh, that's another reason that we're getting our website finalized, uh, is we're trying to get everything ready for Plan B. If they shut down social media like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all that, we still want to be able to communicate to you through email if we can. 
uh, and be able to communicate through our website, you know. And uh, we want to get our database built up, you know. So if we lose that, then maybe we can send you mail. You know what I'm saying? Like, send you a newsletter, you know, once a week where we can tell you what is going on. Just something's, uh, we're trying. That's why I need more help immediately. So I need you to pray for me, Brian, that I get good people in the office that will help us to uh, be a community and be able to really, uh, you know, put everything together to help all of us. You know, because I want to tell you, Brad, these letters that you write us, it just melts our heart. It really does. Because y'all let us know how you feel about us. That even though we're separated because of the the computer, we're still family. We're all uh, very close, you know, and you're letting me know that you are you know in other words me and brock have grown on you basically is what i'm hearing from all of you is that me and brock have grown on you and now y'all have done fell in love with our family and now you've built up trust you know we've all been together most of us have been together for a year so y'all build up trust and you feel like you can trust us now and now you feel like we're your church and you're wanting to uh tithe and be a part of our church and uh now you're telling more people about what we're doing you know sharing our stuff uh so i i mean we hear you you know and we appreciate all the stuff you know that y'all Pray for us when y'all send these letters and stuff and you tell us that your family prays for us. We believe you, you know, and we we really appreciate it because we, um, you know, we're honored that God has called us to do this in this last day. You know, and sometimes, Brad, I do have a feeling for myself because I know in Brock's heart, he is not really into the news and stuff. You know, Brock is the preacher. He's more, uh, he just wants to preach all the time and teach and, you know, do his trainings and all this kind of stuff. Uh, for me, I do feel heavy sometimes because of the news that I present because I know that uh, I am affecting livelihoods. And it's a it's a heavy thing because I I am going to be held accountable to God for this, you know, because people people are moving, people are making decisions that are life and death, people are quitting jobs, people are, you know, considering the relationships they're in. I mean, I get it, you know. I understand the seriousness of what I do and how much you believe in what I tell you. And how you are having, you're making very serious decisions uh, because of your trust in me. And I just, I want you to know I get it. I understand what you're saying. So sometimes it does make me feel like, oh, I don't want to do this because I don't want that uh, heaviness. Because I'll have people call me. I had a lady call me the other day and she said, I've got a pacemaker. 
And she said, do you think that they're trying to control me through that pacemaker? And, you know, that just really hurt me. You know, it's like, man, I just, I feel for her, you know, because I can understand why she would even ask that. Do y'all know what I'm saying? Like, it's a very serious question that she's asking me. And so we come up with a really good solution, you know, me and her to after we talked and everything. Uh, but it's stuff like that and people calling, asking for advice and stuff. It's, it's a very serious uh, time that we're in right now. And I just pray for all of us that God gives us that extra grace right now. And God gives us that wisdom that we need because the decisions we're having to make are horrible decisions. I mean, if, if you would have talked to us a year ago and said, hey, in a year, this is what's going to be happening to your country, we would not have believed it. Would we have believed what is happening right now? No. So now, you know, we're having to look at people different. We're having to look at everything different now. You know, and I feel sad because people, I've got a, a lady in California. She's been a teacher for 24 years. Twenty. Picture this, Brad. How would you like to be this woman? She is 24 years old. Been teaching for 24 years and loves it. And now she is seriously considering quitting. Giving up and going into retirement after 24 years. And she can still keep going for a long time. But she's in California and now you got the deal going on. A lot of Californians right now are wanting to leave because of what's happening with the Republicans. Supporting this candidate there is going to bring a sure judgment to California. It's going to destroy California. And President Trump, he don't care. He does not care. Anyways, so this woman is actually considering coming and helping me work with Treehouse. Doing what she did in the school system. So that'd be pretty cool, you know, if she could come. But there's another woman, the woman that I interviewed, remember her? She was a nurse. This woman has been a nurse for over 30, was it, I want to say 30 years, but it may have been 25 years. But we're talking a long time. And she had to give up her career over this. And it's devastating when you have... Your whole identity in a career, your whole, everything about it, you just love. I mean, like, one thing I can say right now, Brad, about me working 17 hours a day or whatever, so what? I love it, you know, and I can imagine uh, people that love their job, too, and they have to give it up. It's heartbreaking, you know, and she... She did it, though, because she refused to take the V.
And so there's just a lot of situations going on across the country, situations with children. Oh, I don't even want to tell you some of the situations we've had call in over children, child custody cases, uh, you know, people that, you know, the spouses are doing stuff behind their back. And I mean, it's a lot of, lot of trauma happening out there right now. And this is what, one of the things that makes me so mad at NAR, you know, there, here's NAR. And they're out there preaching like it's 1999. They do not recognize the suffering and the trauma that is happening out there. You know why? Because they would have to turn around and reevaluate their entire doctrine. They would have to be real. And they can't be real because they're a facade. So... It's really sad for them, the way that they give them false prophecies. Oh, man, one of their biggest prophets, this girl that they call a prophet. Somebody sent me her prophecy. I wanted to throw up. I'm like, what an everlasting farce. What a farce. This woman sent the goofiest prophecy about prosperity. I can't even think of what it was, but it was something... I see you're going to do this and that. And, uh, oh, it was something about President Trump. God is using President Trump and he's this. Oh, God is this with President Trump, this, this. I'm like, what an everlasting farce. As that man is ripping people to shreds with his tongue. I see God all over that. Yeah, right. What a farce. I could sit here and read you three or four emails I got today from that man in the same attitude, same attitude, prideful and destructive. His mouth is a lethal weapon. You know, God is nowhere to be found in that situation. What a farce. But that is how... The Narda is they refuse, they refuse to acknowledge suffering. And this is what I told them when I was with them. I said, the biggest thing I have against that y'all's beliefs is suffering. You don't see the suffering. You don't, you think something's wrong with people if they suffer. They either don't have enough faith or there's something wrong with them or they haven't believed enough, or something's always wrong with the person when they're suffering. This is why when I, and see, I believe God had all this happen for a reason for now. Because when I started my pit back in 2013, and the Lord told me to start traveling and serving ministries, when I was out there homeless and serving all these people with a master's education, serving them from five o'clock in the morning till midnight without any pay and living with them, feeding me tomato soup. Sometimes there was one of them that gave me tomato soup. But anyway, I serve these people with all that education, gifts and skills, just like God told me to. And I did that for years. 
and they they didn't respect it because I didn't have money. That is how they the way that they judge things is the same way the world does. Success has to be with money. And I was like, no, your success is in your obedience. Your obedience is what brings your wealth. See, this is what God taught me. Your obedience is what brings your wealth. And your obedience may cause you to be in suffering. I do love tomato soup too, especially with grilled cheese. <laughs> but your suffering, though, may be led by God. Because remember this, bride, you cannot leave an assignment until God grants you permission. You've got to stay put until God tells you to leave. When I was married to the kid's father, who was abusive back then, he's not now, but back then, and I'm sure I probably had a lot to do with it. We both came from very volatile homes. But anyway, uh, when I was married to him, I prayed for five years for him to be saved, delivered, and healed. I would not leave until God told me to. And it's all in my testimony book, Testimony of the Broken Bride, Jesus is the True Husband, where God finally set me free. But the point is, you cannot leave anything until God tells you to, even if you're suffering. God, God knows the perfect timing, and he will tell you. You just have to listen. And see, when I pray for people, I don't even know why I'm preaching to y'all tonight. But when I pray with people, that's one of the first things I want to pray for is God open their ears. Because you need to hear what the Spirit is saying into the church. That's what the Bible says about the last days. Let their ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And going back to the suffering, because they don't believe in suffering, uh, this is what I was saying back during last year during COVID. What are they saying now? All these people that couldn't go to church all that time, they couldn't be around that feel-good stuff and they had to suffer a while, that should have opened their eyes. That should have opened their eyes that they was in a false religion. Because their suffering and their... And then on top of that, what did their pastors preach while you were suffering? That it should have told you as well. But a lot of people just went right back to the same old vomit. They didn't even get out. It's sad. And a lot of times, bride, you will suffer when you tell the truth. When you tell the truth, you will suffer. It's the same as Jesus. When Jesus told the truth, he suffered. But see, you suffer for the name of Christ. 
when you stand up for righteousness, then you suffer for Jesus' sake. And what an honor that is for you to suffer for Jesus. You know? All right, well, I'm going to get off here. <laughs> it's already midnight, I think. Oh, yes, it is 10 to midnight here. I want to show you one thing, though. Hold on, before I get off here. About the fast. What is this timer? What is that? <laughs> All right, there's a fast that we're doing. And we're starting on Saturday. If you are a prayer warrior, if you have felt this in the atmosphere, that something of an evil nature is happening, okay? Then you need to be a part of this prayer with us. We are going to go through a two-week spiritual warfare in prayer through fasting, okay? So, uh, let's see here. I updated this website today. I've got my sermon on there for Mother's Day, which is really good. Uh, going through the Bible, the history of uh, mothers in the Bible. Let's see if the event is on here. There's the sign up for our newsletter right there. Okay, let me go to our events. May Global Fast. Here it is. May 15th through the 30th. Okay. Uh, May 15th through the 30th. We start at 6 o'clock in the morning on May the 15th, which is Saturday. Okay. All right, so we're going to do a two-week warfare. Many of us have felt in the spirit that something of a demonic nature has happened globally, not just in our country, but globally, in the month of May. Something in this month shifted. So we are going to come together in unity and we are going to do a two-week inter intercessory event. Okay, so I don't know exactly how God's going to do it, but just like we did in the 40-day fast, if God wakes me up and gives me a scripture and tells me to do a Bible study on that scripture, you know, like we did before, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead us. But during our 40 day, the Lord gave me a scripture and gave me a Bible study every day. 
And he would lead us like this. So this is how we're going to do it. But we may do 14 days of nothing but praying. I don't know how God's going to do it. But we need to get ready for this that's coming. So we have got to do another funeral. I call, I'm calling this one, let's do our May funeral. We need to all die one time again. <laughs> we need to do a spiritual death. So we're going to have a funeral on that first day. We may even take communion that first day. And we need to, you know how as a Christian, we have to die a thousand times. You know, we have to die daily, really. But uh, we need to come together and pray and uh, do spiritual warfare over the next phase, probably the last phase that we'll have to do while we're here on the earth together. Hey, won't it be awesome, Bride, for all of us to get together in heaven? Won't that be awesome? For us to come up and say, hey, you know, I was on that broadcast. <laughs> I was there. And uh, so anyway, uh, so we're going to get together. And notice how I wrote down here, charge. We're going to do it, Bride. We're going to go into intercessory warfare. Uh, for the last two months of May. Okay. So uh, I will put the guidelines on there tomorrow. I just didn't have enough time today because uh, today I had a very, very busy day. All right. Well, I guess that's all I have, Brad. So I will talk to you later, okay? Y'all have a good evening, and I will see you tomorrow. God bless. Author and White House correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books. As she traveled the country in obedience to God's serving ministries, her books are about the Bride of Christ, preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride, Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. Released four books this year about current day situations such as judgment, technology, tribulation, days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions exposes the one world religion agenda. Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda. This book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this?
this book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment, where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? The human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American pod books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. Jews' books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book, please go to treehousepublishers.com. Thank you.